Welcome to the LifePurpose.com podcast. The number one podcast in the entire cosmos for empowering and inspiring you to live your life's purpose. My name is Hema Allman. And I'm Gabriel Sarah. And today's episode is about breaking your mind to live your life's purpose. Hey, Gabriel. Why are you on planet Earth at this time in cosmic history? To fulfill the purpose God has for me. You? Before I go into my part, would you like to share more on what you believe God's plan for your life on planet Earth at this time is? I honestly do not know, except that perhaps... My purpose at this time is to help you get set up with LifePurpose.com. That's all that I can really think of and everything else is now coming to just me being on my own individual journey as a soul and evolving myself. That's about, that's about it. I don't have any visions to do much else. What do you think is... God's plan for you or your purpose for being here. To assist in the change and in the evolution of consciousness on planet Earth and for humanity in my own way. And lifepurpose.com is going to be a key component of that purpose. Does that satisfy you? That's a general question. But to give you a general answer, yeah. How do you think someone living their purpose supports shifting consciousness on this planet it's a very good question when people remember their purpose and they start living in alignment with their divine purpose it's gonna elevate the collective consciousness on the planet why you ask because people are going to need to transcend the survival consciousness of working for a living or working for a paycheck to put food on the table or to pay bills to doing something that is very different and instead of doing something for survival it shifts people's focus and attention to okay how can i do something that is in alignment with my true divine purpose and the reason why I have a life on planet Earth at this time. So just the fact that people are going to be inspired to think differently about their existence on Earth and inviting them to expand their consciousness on the topic of why they are here is ultimately contributing to evolving humans' consciousness from survival mode which is at the bottom of the vibrational scale of fear survival competition to then purpose which is all the way up at the vibrational scale which is in alignment with love with harmony with joy with being of being of service to others and the world living with effortless simplicity does that answer your question so in a nutshell you asked how does a person living their purpose contribute to the evolution of consciousness on this planet, correct? Yes. Yeah. So in a nutshell, when a person is 
living their purpose, they're automatically moving out of the survival vibrational scale, the, vib the survival consciousness up to a higher consciousness. Because in order for you to live your purpose, your true divine purpose, you must evolve your consciousness. You must rise up, okay? So when people are living their purpose, they have to rise up in consciousness. And that's how every single person that is living their purpose or contemplating on living their purpose, they must shift and raise their consciousness, which ultimately is contributing to the evolution of consciousness on this planet. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, it's just like with us or with myself years ago, I was working jobs to make a paycheck and to provide for myself financially so that I can have money to buy food and to pay bills. And I was in that survival mode day in and day out until one day I started saying to myself, this can't be it for my life. I know and I feel in my gut that I'm here for something greater than just surviving. I know I have a higher purpose and that sparked my journey to raise my consciousness and my vibration and expand my consciousness to be able to receive the bigger version of my purpose. And I was literally asking during those times, I was asking God what I believe God was or God is. I was asking for guidance and I said, God, universe, I know I'm here for a greater plan. Please help me remember what that is. I know I'm here not to just be a waitress my entire life. I feel it in my soul that I am here on this planet at this time for a very big reason. Please help me remember what that is because I did not remember. And because I made that call, I started to receive the answers in my 20s, early 20s. That was around the time in London, yeah, where I was just fed up and I knew that I had to make drastic changes because I feel very unfulfilled working in a job to just make ends meet. What was it? What was it that got you to that point where you got so sick and tired of working a job as a waitress where you got to that point where you asked that question? The point of me getting fed up with it is knowing internally that this is not where I am supposed to be. No, that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is what were the things, what was the, the moment, the breaking point the day, the time you woke up, what what was it that made you say, I can't keep doing this anymore? It wasn't just a day or a moment. It was a series of events and days that led up to my final decision. So it was a compound. Yes. It was a compound of you perhaps doing the same thing over and over again that was not satisfying you. It's not just doing the same thing over and over again that wasn't satisfying to me, but it was where I was living, the environment, the people, the day-to-day -day routine. It was, it felt very out of alignment. Paint that picture for us so that we know what you're talking about because we don't know what you're talking about. 
Where were you living? Who were you living with? What were your circumstances? How much were you getting paid? How much was your rent? How much money was left over for you to actually enjoy your life? What time did you have to go into work? What shit did you have to take from that job? What were those things that were piling on one after the other after the other that got you frustrated, that got you to that point where you said, I can't do this shit anymore. I have to, I'm here for a bigger reason. I have to figure what that out, what that is. The main point was working for somebody else. That was a major pain point. What was it about that experience working for someone else that got you so frustrated? I just knew that I am meant to do my thing and to not make someone else's dreams work. So it's about you. I knew I needed to do my own thing and I cannot work for somebody else for a paycheck. So it's about you. If that's how you want to say it. It was everything that my life represented back then was a limitation. I knew that where I was was limited. The job I had was limited. The environment was limited and I knew there was more. What What's coming up in my head is you're not speaking your truth. Is, and what's coming to me is perhaps what you prefer to say is that job was beneath you. Maybe that job was beneath you. Because you're, like if I'm listening to you correctly, you're almost contradicting yourself because you're saying that I, I'm, I'm here to serve God's plan. But then at the end, in the other hand, you say, I'm meant to do my own thing. If you're serving God's plan, you're not working for yourself. You're working for God. You're here to fulfill God's plan, not your plan. You get what I'm saying? And this is the thing that we have been struggling with uh, for a bit of time. I think you and your own journey, me and my own journey. And then we've come to the point where at some point you realize, wait a second, I'm, am, I the one, am I the one orchestrating this thing? Or is there a higher power that we call God or the universe or whatever that's orchestrating this thing? And we're just here as puppets playing this thing out there's there's two two different philosophies here so which is it because i can tell you if you're here to do your own thing sometimes that doesn't always work out what you want doesn't always work out but then there are things where it just happens automatically in an instant and it's not what at all what you intended but somehow it just works out how do you explain that like for example we were in australia one of the very first places that we went to and we had that flat tire as soon as we got back from on our way back driving from Uluru we we're on that great central road where it's just a long stretch of road for for a couple of days and we were driving caught a flat tire we gave our tire to an original guy and he said he would return the, the wheel back to us didn't happen that way we stood there overnight and then the next day, a two couples, two married couples, they returned the wheel to us. An Aboriginal guy had waved that, uh, waved them down, and he said, "Hey, there's this couple that's stuck on the road. Can you give this wheel to them?" We were, I was, we weren't planning for that. I know that you had mentioned before, "Hey, you had some. You were mentioning, what if we get a flat tire? What if we get a flat tire?" Was that me in my negativity, thinking and conjuring up and manifesting a flat tire? Or was I receiving already the vision that we're going to get a flat tire and I'm speaking, I'm giving it a voice and then it just happens to be. I'm, I'm bringing this up for a reason and I'm, I'm saying these things for a reason. 
So when it comes to the whole topic of the life purpose, and you ask that question about you living your life purpose and why do you think that you're here? And I asked you the question about how, I forget the question that I asked you, but how does, how does basically you, you living your life purpose make a contribution? There's a book I remember reading some years ago. I think the author's name was either Dan Pink or Daniel Pink. And the book was called Why Right Brainers Will Rule the World. I think that was the title. I can't remember. It was over 10 years ago I read the book. But the idea of the book was that as we evolve as a society, as we automate more of our day-to-day work tasks, there will come a point where the economy or job as we know it will be obsolete. And I think we can see and foreshadow these things happening much faster than anyone could anticipate with the inclusion of artificial intelligence technology into mainstream society. I would imagine within, before the end of this decade, 2030. And this book, although this book, the author was not writing about artificial intelligence, what they were writing about was that because we will evolve as a society and a lot of jobs will become obsolete from what they once were, we will have to become more right-brain dependent or dominant in order for us to make a living. And for from what I understand about the brain, the hemispheres in the brain, our right side of the brain is more creative, more insightful. It's also linked to the feminine side, the feminine energy. Yeah, I don't know how that works exactly, considering that it's on the right-hand side and the right-hand side is associated with the masculine energy. I don't know how that works. But the right side controls the left side of the body. I don't know how true that is. I'm not a, a brain scientist. I don't know if that's what mainstream society says, maybe. And the left-hand side of the brain, the left part of the brain, deals with more analytical things. And Dan Pink, the author, is saying that your contributions in life, what you do for work, it will be more creative-based. So if you think about the rise of artificial intelligence and how, even right now, it's it's so clear how this is happening. Before, for the website, lifepurpose.com, to have a cookies page, privacy policy, and all those legal documents, you would have needed to hire a lawyer. And that would have cost you hundreds of dollars. Really? Yeah. Now it's only it's only less than twenty dollars a month using that software that we're using, and it automates everything for us. Same thing with accounting. You have accounting software that helps small business owners manage all their finances. Before you had to do your own bookkeeping, you had to know how to do bookkeeping. Or if you didn't know how to do your own bookkeeping, you would need to have hired an accountant. And even when people were developing WordPress websites. You know how much it would have costed you to have developed an actual WordPress theme, connected it to your hosting provider, made sure it was all up and going. You would, you would have needed to have either learned or know PHP, the programming language, or hired someone else to do it, which would have cost tons of money. So I'm bringing this up because we are already seeing this. We're already seeing this. 
And like you were saying, Helma, you were living a life as a waitress where you were unhappy. You were living a life that, let's just call it what it is, was probably beneath you and what you felt like you were capable of. It was probably beneath what you felt like you were capable of doing. You were playing small instead of being a big one and playing big. And your paycheck may have been absolutely horrible and terrible. But you thought in your head, oh, I see all these people having success as an entrepreneur. I can do that. Sometimes it's not as easy as some people make it look. But be that as it may, when you are in a situation like this, you have to think to yourself in your life, what is the greatest thing that I can fulfill? What is my greatest potential? What am I capable of? What am I made of? And that brings me to the last two weeks of uh, my life where I finished listening to a book by David Goggins, a former Navy SEAL. The book is titled Can't Hurt Me. And in that book, David Goggins chronicles his life's journey to becoming a Navy SEAL and what he did after becoming a Navy SEAL and what it took for him to become a Navy SEAL. I don't know if David Goggins would share this sentiment, but from the outside looking, from an outside perspective, looking at him and hearing what he's saying, his purpose is to inspire other people to become the greatest version of themselves, to break their own mental limitations, to break their own stories or limiting beliefs about themselves. And how he did that how he is accomplishing his purpose, his contribution to elevate, to raise people up in the vibrational scale, as you have just said, and get them out of that lower vibrational space, is to show them that there is another level of power that we can tap into from our mind if we are willing to break beyond those limitations. Goggins in the book would chronicle his experiences having to go through a very rigorous and highly intense training with the Navy SEALs three times due to injuries. On his third attempt, he made it through uh, Hell Week for the Navy SEALs. So he would have to do this BUDS training, basic underwater demolition training. And in that time, he started to realize more of what he was capable of. You as a waitress working for someone else, you at some point got fed up with yourself because you were not satisfied with what you have achieved at up to that point in your life because there was a part of you that knew there was something more that you could do with your life. Yes, exactly. And I knew that I was, had I stayed, I knew that I would have settled for so much less. I knew that I would have played it small. And that's what a lot of people at some point in their journey do. So connecting back to the, the Dan Pink book, David Goggins, you asking the question or you making the statement that someone living their life purpose raises the vibration and consciousness of the collective. We have discussed this and we have been on this journey going throughout the world, traveling throughout the world, getting these answers at times. And what we've come to understand 
is that if this world that we live in, that we call the real world, is not actually real, but is a simulation, it's an idea that we have created or that has been created and we are happening to exist in it. Well, what's the purpose of that simulation? Let's, let, like, let's really think about this. What is the purpose of that simulation then? If it is true that human chromosome number two has been genetically altered over 200,000 years ago, and what we see as humans are referred to as the anatomically modern humans of this day and age, what is the purpose of that? If someone buys the idea of us being consciousness in a physical vessel, in a, in a body, what is the purpose of that? And what I believe is that similar to David Goggins, similar to the Dan Pink book, similar to the idea of raising the vibration of consciousness by living your purpose, I believe that there is a strong correlation and connection now at this point that we are mind and that our mind is reality and the ability to transcend reality is based on our ability to transcend mind so if you think about reality equals mind they are connected they are synonymous so if you break your mind you break your reality if you want to change your reality you have to change your mind you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like the reality shows in TV. Exactly. It's what you tune into. That's your reality show. But you can tune out, switch the frequency on your device and tune into a different reality. It's all based on what you focus on because there are infinite things happening simultaneously every single second around us. Yes. And only with our eyes and with our ears, with our sense, with our five senses, we perceive not even 1% of what we call reality. Well, I don't know if that's true. I don't know where you're getting that statistic from, so I can't say that that's the truth. All I know is from what I've experienced and what I've come to see, I don't know about that percentage stuff. I don't know who said that. I don't know what the artist or the article is. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's 1%. Maybe it's more than 1%. Maybe it's not even 1%. I don't know. Maybe that's a rule. Maybe that's a bullshit rule. Who knows? What I can say, though, is from listening to and now watching some of these interviews with David Goggins, he's talking about breaking your mind. He's talking about going beyond what you think is possible. We're talking about life purpose. We're doing this podcast to inspire people that we don't know, that we have never seen before, met before in our lives, and we probably never will. And we're telling them, people that we have never met and we will never probably meet, you have a purpose in life. It's up to you to stop playing small, get over your bullshit story, get over your mind, break that mind, break that idea in your head that you are whatever the titles or the labels that have been put on you and become the greatest version of yourself. Become the big one that God put you here to be. That's the claim that we're making. That's the idea that we're saying because we're saying that if you do this, if you stop working that job or stop working that business that is keeping you small, that's keeping you in your limitations, that's keeping you in your silly story, and you go out and you do the thing, the 
big thing, your life purpose, you inspire other people that are playing small to live their life purpose. And as a result of you living your life purpose and these people that you've never met now being inspired and living their life purpose, now all of a sudden, all you guys are living your life purpose. If enough people on this planet live their life purpose, what happens to reality? And when I say reality, I say the collective thing, idea that is this world that we live in. Perhaps it's called the simulation. Perhaps some people call it matrix. Perhaps some people call it control over human society. Do we then become free because we've lived our purpose? Do we then stop working these jobs and stop feeding this controlled society that we live in because we are not complying with the old thoughts, the old earth, the old ideas, the old way of doing, the old way of being. Bingo. Maybe that's me thinking that's my purpose. It's to be free. Maybe it's connected. But isn't, isn't that the ultimate purpose of every soul? To be free? And to what some consider breaking the karmic reincarnation wheel? I don't think so. Look around you. There's some souls that that's not there. That's not for them in this lifetime. None. Maybe 10, 10 lifetimes from now. Like we had talked about this when we first met and we had that mushroom ceremony, the very first mushroom ceremony that we had together. We had this really wild experience and you had asked me about like your father and his soul's evolution. And I told you not in this lifetime. And there was a part of you that was really attached to that. Same thing with your brother too. Not in this lifetime. It's going to take some time. There's, that's not for every soul. That's not for every soul to be a Hema Almond, right? Or to be at the same level of consciousness as a Hema Almond. Much like you couldn't imagine at this stage of your consciousness being David Goggins and running an ultra marathon, running 100 miles like that. You couldn't do that because your mind probably at this stage cannot comprehend that. However, I'm bringing this up because if the way or the direction that human society is going, if we are truly evolving into a society where job, the idea of job becomes obsolete and the idea of even money becomes obsolete, what does that leave the human with? Is there then a purpose for the human? Or does the human now transcend its own limitations and explore the right side of its capacity. This is connected as well with the Wu Wei concept where because we're seeing the, there's a, forget the documentary title, but it's on YouTube and it's about Wu Wei, W-U-W-E-I. This narrator is saying and making the claim that the reason why we have so much imbalance in our planet, we're seeing so much chaos all over the world is because we have an imbalance of masculine to feminine energy. There is far more doing, far more human beings that are doing than they are being. So if we come into balance, how does that shift reality on this planet? And if it is true that there is a such thing as mind control and that world governments have been using technologies such as the phone, such as television, internet, etc., 
to mind control the population, the world population, what happens if human consciousness has transcended beyond that mind control and has now achieved freedom by fulfilling their potential, by breaking their mind, by breaking the illusion of reality. What then happens to this planet? What then happens to the human life cycle once it has achieved that? Once it has broken free from its own mental prison and achieved something that it may not have even been aware of in the first place to do. And I think that that's more connected to life purpose and God's plan. Well, what is God's plan for you specifically, Hema Alman? What's God's plan for me specifically, Yerbozer? What's God's plan for every human being on earth? I believe it is to fulfill a specific role. But the soul must be ready to do that. The soul must be ready and reach a stage of its awareness where, like you had said, I was sick of it. I was done being mediocre. I was done living as a waitress, living my life as a waitress, working for someone else, making a measly bullshit paycheck, living in a bullshit apartment with bullshit, uh, how, do you, how do you call them? Roommates that I didn't care for, because you told me this before. You didn't care for your roommates. You lived with roommates, right? Is this correct? Flatmates, yeah. Flat, flatmates, roommates. You didn't care much for them. You were in this cycle of life where you were unsatisfied, you were unhappy. If you had kept on going down this path, it would have been like a dead end for you. You might as well have been dead. And I believe that your mission or maybe perhaps part of your purpose is to help people awaken to the understanding that they can change, that they have something more that they can contribute. It may not be David Goggins where they break their feet and they break their bones and they do 100-mile marathons, but there's something for everyone that they can contribute that inspires someone to go the distance in their life and to think creatively about how they can serve or make their contribution and go beyond what they thought was once capable of, thus enabling them to go up the vibrational scale and raise the vibration and consciousness of humanity. At lifepurpose.com, it is our purpose to support, guide, and empower you, the big ones, in living your life's purpose. To receive powerful daily meditations and mentoring for your life's purpose, join our premium membership and claim your seven-day free trial by clicking the link in the description or visit lifepurpose.com directly. And now back to the episode. There was a part in David Goggins' journey from the time where he was out of the Air Force and working as a exterminator, exterminating for, for roaches and mice and for other vermin, to the point where he lost all that weight to become, to enter into the Navy SEAL training program. He was saying that he was so fed up with his life. And similar to you, he was making $1,000 a month. I don't know how much you were making, but I'm just saying what he was sharing. He said he was making about $1,000 a month. He had a kid on the way. He was married. He was unhappy. And he knew that he had to make a change. He had to become someone else. 
Because if he did not, if he did not take this opportunity to become the Navy SEAL, he would be stuck forever in his life. He would be unhappy, maybe kill himself, who knows. He didn't like what he saw in the mirror. At the time, he was fat, overweight. And every time that he looked at himself, he was disgusted with himself. Were you ever at a stage where, I don't think you've ever been fat or overweight in your lifetime, but were you ever at a stage in your journey where you would get up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror and just be very unhappy with who you were becoming? Not who, not unhappy with who I was becoming, but at times I wouldn't recognize myself. What do you mean by that? It's like I look in the mirror and I don't recognize who is looking back at me. What exactly does that mean? I believe that means that you have gotten off your path and you have not been authentic and true to yourself. And it's only when you regain access to your truth and to your authenticity and you realign back to your path, your purpose and what works for you, that you start to love or be able to love what you see in the mirror again. So you were there as this waitress in London. Were you, did you quit that job on your own? Did you like tell the boss, hey, I quit? Or did you get fired from this job? I got fired from the job. And then this is when you went back to Austria? Around that same time, yeah. Okay. And then this is when you made the change in your life? Yeah. You started getting into meditation a lot and you did the mental coaching, the, the meditation coach, etc. Okay. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you ever think about this? Yeah, it was when I was 12 or 13 years old. Somewhat jokingly, I was saying that I want to become a radio speaker. But I wasn't fully serious about that. I was asking you, what did you really want to be? I wanted to be the best version of me. No title attached. I always knew that I'm going to be traveling all over the world. How did you know that? I just knew it. What else did you just know? That I am meant to walk a path that doesn't exist just yet. I have to create it myself. When did you know that? Very early on in life, around the time I was 14, 15. Did it just come to you one day? Yeah. How did it make you feel? I have no answer. I knew that there was going to come a point in my life where I would have to leave a lot of things behind and walk my own path. But I also knew that that time has not come yet. And that's why I stayed in school. That's why I finished my pre-graduation and the A-levels. And that's why I went to London and have certain jobs and have different experiences working for other people. But I knew that was only temporary. I knew there's going to come a point where I have to make a drastic change and go my own path. I always knew that from an early age on, that sooner or later that moment in time where I go my own path will come and I will know when it is time to go my own path. And that's exactly how it was. So that's perfect that you say that because then that exactly aligns with what I brought up with the two books. The book by Dan Pink, for Daniel Pink, is essentially saying what you're saying, you have to create your own path. Imagine a world where you create your own job. He's talking about purpose. You have to create your own purpose. You're not here to do necessarily something else that someone is 
wanting you to do. I, I really do think at this stage, especially from how I've seen how quickly artificial intelligence, the software part of it at least, is advancing, especially with how quick I've seen the artificial intelligence software and how quickly it's advancing. I think that a lot of jobs that we have thought would be secure jobs will be obsolete, like even sales jobs. If it's online, I absolutely am certain that you could have artificial intelligence do a sales call at some point. And that as of right now in this year, 2023, is an in-demand high-income skill job. But imagine our AI can replicate your voice and perform sales calls much better than you. All the data it can scrape, etc. Trucks are self-driving. Cars are self-driving now. It's only a matter of time before that advances. Where does that leave a taxi driver? Where does that leave a truck driver? Truck driver jobs in the United States some years ago back in the 70s was like over six figures. You didn't even need a college degree. All you needed was a high school uh, diploma or um, some type of certificate training. Now you can't even get paid like $30,000 a year to be a truck driver. So where does that leave someone? That leaves someone to think creatively about the role of their purpose and to ask themselves, how can I creatively express myself and sustain myself? And that requires you to really break through all these mental barriers and from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like, you know, you knew that you were playing small and there was something bigger that you could do with your life, but it was up to you ultimately to decide, am I going to play small and stay at this shit job or am I going to move on? Yeah. And it was the best thing that happened to me that I was fired because the human side of me was postponing it. Why? Perhaps fear of the unknown. Resistance. Yeah. Do you regret being fired and wish you had quit instead? No. But you just said. It's not that I regret it, but yeah, of course, I could have quit much sooner. But I don't think really in would have or should have. I would have regretted that. And I'll tell you why. Because by quitting, that means I took the action. If I quit the job, that made me unhappy. If I quit the relationship, if I quit the thing that made me unhappy, I'm basically telling the universe, I'm done with this bullshit. I'm tired of this. Enough. I made that decision. I made the decision. You didn't make it for me. I made the decision for myself because I'm enough because I know I'm here for more. So I would have been like, damn, I didn't get that opportunity to quit on my own. Yeah. Much like David Goggins too. Like he made that decision. He was, he was talking about that. I was listening to one of his podcast episodes on the Joe Rogan experience today. It was over five years ago, but my God, he's that video, that one interview has over 15 million views. And he's saying in the interview that that final moment for him where he had enough, where he was fed up with being a exterminator and being fat and overweight and eating donuts and milkshakes to suppress his depression or to suppress himself was when he got all these cockroaches on him after exterminating. He was just like, I can't do this bullshit anymore. This is terrible. This is not my life. He quit his job. He went all in. He made the decision. And I think that's the bigger message too for whoever's listening today 
it is that if you know you have a purpose, if you know that you're like Hema having a bigger reason for being alive than just paying bills and living a fake ass life, if you're living a fake ass life where you're pretending that everything is okay and deep down reality is your life sucks, you got to have that wake up call with yourself. You have to, you have to use your mind, look at your reality and break your mind to break your reality. And you have to make that decision that you're not going to tolerate anymore. Some people are in re abusive relationships and they stay in abusive relationships because they don't want to quit. They would rather get fired from the abusive relationship. Some people are in dead end jobs and the little time that they have, they'd rather numb themselves with alcohol or TV or whatever it is than just saying, you know what, I'm going to find a way to get myself out of the situation. But that's, I think, where these stories come in. And that's where I think these interviews that you're doing come in with all these other people that are living their purpose because it can then remind them and show them, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's at least what this experience with Goggins reminded me of. I'm not going to run ultra marathons. That's not my desire. But at the same time, I know that there's something more in my my power. I have more power than I am capable of channeling at the moment. And my job is to break that limitation and tap back into more of that power. So how do you tap back into more of that power. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to stretch yourself to another level. You've got to become the next thing that you have to be, a different version of yourself that you've never been before. And David Goggins talked about this in the interview with Joe Rogan. He said, I had to invent a completely new person. I could no longer be David Goggins. I had to invent Goggins. And that Goggins was the badass. And if you think about like you, Hummer, and that, in that regard, if you, you've been talking about becoming the big one and stepping into your bigness and stepping into your power, well, in order for you to do that, you need to kill Hema Almond. You need to become Hema or Almond or Hema Magdalene Almond in your fullness. And you've got, to, you've got to kill off that old version of yourself that allows yourself to be lazy and to procrastinate. And you've got to kill that version of yourself. And you've got to invent a completely new version of you that is the big one and embody that. So it's like, it's like you're, you're, it's like you're switching minds. It's like you're, you're mind controlling your mind and to break your mind. You know what I mean? And case in point, like some people, they're in relationships, they're in marriages and they're absolutely unhappy. When's the breaking point? When is the moment enough where it's like, okay. I, I should have left a long time ago, but I held on to this and I'm not getting my needs met. I'm not being fulfilled. When do people have that moment of enough is enough? Like you were saying, there was a moment where it was like enough was enough, but you were not pulling the trigger to quit. You were not pulling the trigger to leave. You got fired instead, which was a good thing. But what if you had pulled that trigger sooner? I already made the decision back then to go back to Austria. And I had only about two weeks left in that job. How did you know? Because he lets you know, they let you know? No, I've already made the decision to leave before I got fired. And I got fired literally a week before I returned to Austria. Interesting. Yeah. Did the 
did the shop go out of business or? By now, yeah. By now, right? Wow. How do you know that? Someone told me. Yeah, they were selling food that they said they wouldn't even eat themselves. <laughs> Crazy. It's interesting how you had these experiences working with the real estate company and this restaurant where... Shady business. Where they were in business making money, but the things that they were doing, some people would say would be unethical. Like the real estate brokerage that you were working for in London, they were making a lot of money, but they were providing fake listings to get people to call them and they didn't even have it. They never even had that listing, but the intention was to show them shittier listings so that they could pay. Yeah. And then you have this restaurant where even the restaurant owner tells you, I wouldn't even eat my own food. I wouldn't even eat the food here. That's, that's unbelievable. And yet there are people that are doing this thinking that that's good. That's enough because it is going to provide them with money in the bank or cash in the bank. It's not even money. It's just cash. It's just fiat currency. Yeah. And that, that clearly opened my eyes to see the priorities of some people, some, some business owners. They value the cash more than their fellow human beings. You had mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast that you think everyone's, every soul is here to have freedom. Well, look at those, look at those souls that you were around. I don't think freedom was on their radar. True freedom. Ironically, they are, they were doing their business to get the money, to get the freedom. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the LifePurpose.com podcast. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone that you know needs to hear this. And until next time on the LifePurpose.com podcast.